0: You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at LifeChurchUK.org. Welcome to Life Devotions and thank you for joining me today. Sexual purity is the title of this devotion. I want to start from 1 Corinthians chapter six. And the Lord is speaking to us by the spirit there and the Apostle Paul, you know, in the days in which he lived, the rules concerning what you could eat and drink and when you could eat what and when you could drink what was these rules were quite strong and they were cultural. So everybody lived in it And, uh, and it was just normal. It's like if you would go to Israel today, On the Sabbath, you will not find any milk anywhere because the law says you shall not boil a a goat, a a young goat in his mother's milk. And just in case we're eating some meat that comes from the the mother, then you're not to to have that together. So what the Jewish people, (laughs) learn to do by tradition which is not what the lord instructed them to do is they fence in the laws to to protect it to those laws are never broken so they never drink milk when they're on the sabbath day and so forth And, and there's i'm sure much more to this than i'm just giving a simple little but in other words there were dietary laws that they lived by was my point really and the apostle paul uses this to make his opening point here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting at verse 12, okay? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for sexual morality but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So he says, when it comes to food, I could really do whatever I want to, but I will not be brought under the control of any of these things. In other words, he says in another place when somebody doesn't feel it's right to eat meat, I don't need me not to offend their conscience. If somebody thinks it's not right to do something else, I won't do it to offend their conscience. My, why? Because I seek to win them in the love of Jesus Christ. So yes, whatever's permissible to me, I, isn't always right because I live in relationship with others. That is kind of the opening point, he says, but when it comes for sexual uh, gratification, we need to remember this, The body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. The real fundamental issue when it comes to people's sexual preferences is that they live to please themselves instead of God. That is the fundamental issue. It's not who they do it with. It's not what they do. It is who are you living to please. The nature of sin is to please self. The nature of Christ is to please your heavenly Father. Okay. And he's talking about sexual morality. We're going to come back to this in a bit here. He says, now listen, verse 14, God has both raised up the Lord Jesus and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies therefore are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. What is a harlot? A harlot is a woman who will sleep with you when she's not married to you. That's what it's called in the Bible. I'm not meaning to be harsh against women, but that's how that's what it's called here in the Bible. It's not your wife. It's somebody else that you have no covenant with, no godly joined together relationship. You just choose to be physical with each other. So in other words, the only really reason that you are being physical with this person is to gratify self. That's what's called sexual immorality. Okay, and it's important we hear these things so we don't get all caught up in the other issues here. And then listen, or do you not know verse 16 that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. Talking about the marriage union. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Therefore flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside of the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you're not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If you sincerely want to have the Holy Spirit teach you about this, then read this again. And then the Holy Spirit honestly will help you. Because you will see through this devotion that I am not... By any means advocating that there is not to be an enjoyable sexual relationship. Yes, without question that has been given to God. And I'll come to that a little bit later in this devotion. But that is only given by God within the union of marriage. Why marry? Why marry? Why marry before God? It's not a Christian religious idea. No, it's a gifting creation. It's right away there in the beginning of Genesis, when God brought Eve to Adam. He said, this is not bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one. The word one, there's the exact same word the Lord uses for himself. Hear you, O Israel, the Lord God, your God is one. Deuteronomy six, verse four. So the oneness that Jesus talks about in John 17 is the oneness that we see in the marriage. And the marriage, of course, is a type of Christ and his church, according to Galatians 5.25. So listen to this. It says here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. Finally, then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should. Abound more and more, just as you've received from us, how you ought to walk or live every day and please God. For you know what commandment we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, living holy unto God. This is what sanctification means—that you should abstain from sexual immorality that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is an adventure of such as we also forewarned you and testified for God did not call us to uncleanness but to in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man but God who has also given us the Holy Spirit. So you could see what is number one important for each and every one of us, even for men like me who's married. I give my body to the Lord to be the temple of his Holy Spirit. And that is my first and foremost joy in living to please my Father, that my body is the temple of his Spirit, that it's the vessel of the treasure that I spoke to you about yesterday. But then listen to this. This is Hebrews 13, verse 4 in the Amplified. Hebrews 13. Let marriage be held in honor and esteemed, worthy, precious, of great price, and especially dear in all things. And thus let the marriage bed be undefiled, kept undishonored. For God will judge and punish the unchaste, all guilty of sexual vice and adulteries. So... When he's talking about this phenomenal book of Hebrews, chapter 13 has these amazing instructions. And then he says marriage is something we should keep honoring and not thinking now that we live holy to God and our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're not supposed to have any kind of sexual encounters in this life. No, that is absolutely not true. But they need to be within the right borders and within the right place and the right kind of relationship. That's how God ordained it from the beginning. And he says marriage should not be something we just set aside as as unimportant like so many do today. But marriage should be kept in honor so that the marriage bed will be undefiled. The union that a husband, a man, and his wife, a woman born, man and born woman, have together should be honored. And that should not be defiled. It should not be thought in a reprehensible or rude way about. And that is so important. Let me take you to a verse here when we're talking about marriage relationship for a moment, to Proverbs. And I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation because it really says it quite uh, easily to understand in today's vocabulary when he says here, in verse 15 of Proverbs 5. Okay. Verse 15 through 19. My son, share your love with your wife alone. Drink from her well of pleasure and from no other. Again, my son, share your love with your wife alone. Drink from her well of pleasure and from no other. Why should you have sex with a stranger or with any Other than her. Reserve this pleasure for you and her alone and not with another. Your sex life will be blessed as you take joy and pleasure in the wife of your youth. Let her breasts be your satisfaction. Let her embrace intoxicate you at all times. Be continually delighted and ravaged with her love. Wow. And you see that it is the Lord who himself says, come on son, I want you to enjoy physical relationship that is so delightful. It is like intoxicating, you are so excited but it's to be with your wife alone. And in Malachi chapter 2, he says, I ask you to please live for this so that your own spirit may not become false and cause damage to the next generation. When you allow your heart not to be true to your wife as man or to your husband as a woman, but you allow it to be adulterated by the worthlessness and falsehood that is presented in this world in the enticing pleasures of ungodly sexual exercises, then it defiles the marriage bed. It defiles your heart's commitment and joy and delight in your own spouse. I I tell you the truth, this is more important actually than we realize, you know, that God really wants you to have joy in your own marriage, and he wants you to believe that. And if you maybe for whatever reason at times have to wait for it, wait for it with sweet faith in your heavenly Father, that he will bless the fountain of your marriage with your spouse and that you will enjoy each other physically and have a wonderful relationship. And that marriage is something to be so highly honored and the marriage bed undefiled because you're one flesh together. In other words, there is nothing that you physically share together that makes it wrong. No, you can enjoy each other and be happy together without being afraid that there's something wrong about it. No, it's not sexual immorality when there's marriage. But that is a gift of God in creation. I love what it says in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 9. Oh, I I mean, these scriptures actually are are so important for us to be reminded of, because sometimes, you know, the the people can forget that God has promises that he has awaiting for each couple. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun. All your days of vanity, for that is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. Wow, this is what God has given you to be able to enjoy your own life. And I pray that the Holy Spirit causes you to be tender hearted when it comes to your physical relationship and that you're not crude or harsh. I find it hard to believe that some men can be so unkind to their own spouse when it comes to their own personal gratification. And I want to encourage you, let the Holy Spirit grant you repentance of such attitudes and behaviors so that you're courteous, respectful, friendly. You know, the Bible says what makes a man attractive to a woman is kindness. Kindness. Kindness means benevolence. It means unconquerable goodwill, unconquerable goodwill that you have this this kindness and goodness about you that makes you so attractive that there is no fear for intimacy. So listen in closing. Husbands, 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Likewise, dwell with them, with your wife, with understanding, giving honor to your wife as to a weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered." Many times men don't have much of a Holy Ghost prayer life because they don't have much of an honest, clean, pure, sweet love for their spouse. And you may not realize it how much God watches you, as it says there in Proverbs 5 and weighs all your motivations towards your spouse. And when your heart is found good towards your spouse in your physical desires for each other, how God's anointing will be upon your prayer life. And so I pray, would you please think about some of these thoughts? And I know that's a lot to take in. And I understand not everyone watching this devotion is married, so you may say, but yeah, Papa, I'm not married. God will give you grace for whatever state you're in in this life. And he will carry you through and give you the ability to live in such a way that you live to his praise and glory, no matter what the challenges you face physically, emotionally, or in your desires. And I know this through experience that God's grace that he gives us richly through Jesus is more than sufficient, no matter what we're challenged by. Have a good day.